0: Welcome to Women of the Wild, where education and opportunities are key.
1: And friendships are made to last a lifetime. (laughs)
0: Did he get him?
1: (laughs) You think we got him?
0: You think we got him? We got him. We said that yesterday. All right, Skylar, what do we got here? We've got a nice looking
1: ripoff.
0: Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Women of the Wild podcast. I am your host, Linda White, and I'm sitting here with Megan Lockwood. Hi, Megan. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. So for those that don't know, Megan is an ambassador, a team member of Women of the Wild. Um, And we're going to kind of dive in and exactly give you a little bit of a background because this girl is amazing. So, Megan, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the outdoors? Because, I mean, you've got everything going on.
1: Yeah, I kind of dabble in a little bit of everything. <laughs> um, so, I got into the outdoors as young gun. Like, um, I'm raised by a single mother. She she got us into 4-H. Um, I grew up around farm animals my whole life. I started showing horses, then switched over to livestock. Um, Started a little bit of trapping on the farm, you know, problem raccoons, that kind of thing. Uh, My mom enrolled me into shooting sports, I think when I was 10 years old, was this earliest. And my mom doesn't shoot. So I was like, what the heck? How am I going to learn? She quickly got me a bow. She got me into shooting sport, um, like the meetings and going to the gun club and learning how to shoot archery. And then from there, the passion of the outdoors just grew immensely. Um, I started shooting 3D archery. I started participating in the shoots with the Michigan State Archery Team and went to state shoots a couple times and placed there. And then my passion grew for hunting quickly. I was on my mom about letting me harvest deer. And she was like, no, 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 you're too young. What are you going to do with it? You know, I don't know anything about processing deer. And I was just like, just let me try. So she let me try when I was 15. I've harvested my first deer from there. Wow. And yeah, so and that's all she wrote. Like from there on, it's pretty much taken over my life. You know, I have two children and I went to college to be a doctor and I did some nursing in between, and now I trap wildlife for a living. So (laughs) the outdoors has completely taken over my whole life and learning about the different animals and their habits and why they do the things that they do. And it's just a big passion of mine. One hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to back up just a little bit because you covered a lot of stuff right there. In right. this tiny little bit at a time. So right, right. Um, so the shooting thing, like if your mom, if that wasn't something that your mom did, how did that even
1: become a topic, I guess? Like how did that even come about? I was like a nature freak as a kid. So okay. like I'm super passionate about reptiles and amphibians and the colder species, you know things that are cold-blooded. And my mom was like, you know, this kid is wild. She's always outside doing crazy stuff, bringing snakes home and frogs home. She hated that. And she was like, I don't know. My sisters were content with the baking, like 4-H baked goods. And um, my older sister, she was really into horses. And I was just kind of like, eh. And then my mom asked me, you know, would you want to start shooting archery? And I was like, "Mm hmm yeah. And really, that's all. That's <laughs> all it took was her to hear a yes. And she signed me up. And um, my uncle Scott, he gave me my first bow, which was this old Darton. Um, you know, nothing like my bow today. Mm-hmm. And I think when I started, I could pull back 19 pounds. And, you know, I was the only girl at a lot of these meets as a little tiny thing you know you're you're surrounded by a bunch of boys and when I was on the Michigan State archery team I was the only girl up until I graduated high school
0: the only girl
1: on the team yeah so it was pretty cool pretty eye-opening I've always been into what people consider boy activities and a lot of people are like where did you even come from Where? where did you come from? (laughs) My (laughs) sisters are not anything like me, except for my younger sister, Olivia, who's 17. But I've kind of molded her into this little outdoor outdoor girl because she loves it just as much as I do.
0: Yeah. It's funny that you said, where did you come from? Because when you and I first met, um, I said the same thing. Like, where did you come from? You just look out of nowhere. (laughs) It's funny that you said that. Um, I gotta say the whole reptile thing. I totally see that because for those that don't know, Megan and I shared a room for a couple <laughs> nights, and she froze me out. So um, I can see the I can see the reptile. She walked in the room, and I'm like cuddled under this little blanket and everything. So I can see the I can see the reptile thing going for yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so that's really cool. So okay. So we're now up to when you graduated high school and you went in to become a doctor, you went
1: to college. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I, in high school, I began my training as a certified nurse aide. I got that my 10th grade year. I worked as a nurse aide up until I want to say two years after I graduated high school. Um, and then I started. After I graduated high school, I stayed home and went to our community college because in high school I took classes, which were AP classes, and I got college credits. Oh, yeah. So I figured I figured I would just stay home, get the rest of my prereqs done, spend the big money, you know, at a university went after those easy classes were out of the way. <clears throat> and from there, I got my medical assisting. So I just worked my way up the ladder. Um, right. And... When I moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, so I'm born and raised in Michigan. Uh-huh. I moved to Cincinnati, Ohio in 2018. And at that point, I was just a travel. I was doing travel nursing. So okay. I had a couple clients that were up in Michigan and their specialists were down here in Cincinnati. I fell in love with the area. Like we have beautiful winters here. <laughs> it's not like a Michigan winter. Like our grass is still green right now. And we're supposed to be getting this storm coming in. It yeah. makes, I love it here. I'm in um, New
0: York looking at all the snow and the blowing and everything. Yeah. And
1: yeah, it's you know. 44 degrees out. I think tonight <laughs> it's supposed to be like negative four with a wind chill of negative 35. So it'll be cold. But, you know, it's not like that all the time. You're not sleeping so- outside tonight, are you? No, no, <laughs> that. I, I would though. I, I know would. you would. I know you would. I did a winter camping trip um, a couple years ago. It was before I met Jonathan, and the coldest night was negative two. Oh,
0: and crazy. I'm not
1: talking in a tent, I'm talking in like a little canvas, four by five canvas tarp lean to. And I slept under there with a fire, and it was nice and toasty. <laughs> yeah sure it was oh, okay so i'm okay, so you moved
0: stuff. sorry we got a little
1: sidetracked there yeah, um,
0: <laughs> so you you moved to cincinnati yep. um as a travel nurse but what huh, how do i want to put this so you now own your own nuisance wildlife business um yep. and you do that full-time you and your fiance do that full-time yep how the heck like <laughs> I mean I'm totally for it, but right. Where right. do you go from you know having all of the yeah, having all this education? I'm gonna be a
1: doctor to right. you know what? I'm just gonna hang out with the wildlife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So after I moved down here, um my travel nursing stuff was up in Michigan and I moved down here on a whim. And I figured I would just pick up, you know, some home care or go to one of the hospitals that I worked at, um, doing some stuff with them. And once I got to Cincinnati and I saw like the living conditions in home care that our elders are living in with no resources to help them, Mm -hmm. it broke my heart. And for like three weeks, I would come home from one client's house and I would cry like Mm -hmm. all night long. And finally, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I could go work in long term care, which I did that for, I think, a total of about 12 years was long term care, Alzheimer's dementia stuff. And I knew I could fall back on that. But at the same time, I was I was getting pretty burnt out. Of just nursing in general. Jonathan, my fiance, he has his plant pest control specialist certification or license here in Ohio because he worked on invasive species projects like emerald ash borer, walnut twig beetle, that kind of thing. Oh, wow. um, so he already had all that knowledge, um, like with the bugs, the insects, the different um, invasive mammals, and that kind of thing. Being that he worked for the Department of Agriculture here yeah. in Ohio, and so he was getting burned out of his state position too, and I was, we were just kind of throwing the idea around. And what what we first were molding our business into was more like ecosystem management, like micro ecosystem. So say you have ten acres and you want to grow it into like a turkey wildlife sanctuary for wild turkeys right. we would come in we would make changes to the land and um you know help grow your population trapping involves that as well so that was right. a basis you know wildlife trapping and then um it kind of just shaped itself into what it is and we're just solely nuisance control we do anything from ants carpenter bees centipedes, rodents, mice, rats, all the way up to bigger wildlife. Um, we just got a call in Kentucky for a wild turkey that's terrorizing a neighborhood, but we can't touch <laughs> it because Kentucky has some funny laws with wild turkeys. If it were here in Ohio we could go take that turkey away and they would write us a permit for it. Yeah, Kentucky is not that way. So we do everything. We even remove dead animals. You know, you, a deer gets hit in front of your house and it's in your yard and you don't want it in your yard anymore. You can call us and we'll come pick it up and, you know, yeah. so, and we do everything. We fix the holes, we fix the issues so that if it's raccoons, they don't get in, in the future. So we're pretty much a one-stop shop. We'll get rid of the problem and solve it. So it doesn't happen again. So, okay. We're
0: going to do a little plug here. Um, if anybody is in Cincinnati and needs her services, who would we call? How would we get a hold of you? What's the name of your business?
1: You can call myself. My business, Jonathan and I's business is Animal Removal and Control or ARC. You can call myself. My phone number is 513-806-8556. Yeah, no. So, okay.
0: Now everybody knows how to get a hold of you. I guess I get the the question is is was the change good? Are you happy? Is this what you were meant to do?
1: I 100% think it's meant meant for me. I, I honestly don't think I'll ever go back to nursing, honestly, unless I absolutely had to fall back on it. But this has grown just my happiness alone. I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. I'm learning stuff. Every single day in nursing, you learn new things every day as well. But like this, this to me is a necessity, even though average people don't think they'll ever need, need our services, raccoons, squirrels, bats, they are not prejudiced against you. They are going to come in whether or not they want to, or whether or not you want them to. Right. So it's a it's a little niche and I honestly will never give it up so awesome that's
0: awesome that you're able to spend time with your significant other doing that something that you really enjoy and provide for your family by doing it like I think you kind of hit all of the uh the perfect little bullet points there that we all dream for so that's awesome
1: And everybody always asks me, like, how do I take so much time off in the fall? And I'm just like,
0: because I bust my
1: butt (laughs) all year long. And the fall is our time to shine. And we are such avid hunters and trappers. And, you know, we want to go out and do stuff that we love. And we're both in our 30s, mid-30s now. And, like, we don't want to sit back and look back on life and be like, I wish I did that. You know, so... And with this business, we have grown the means to be able to do that. I don't have to ask for time off. I don't have to put my two weeks, like not noticing, but you know, I don't have yeah. to request it six weeks in advance and I don't have to rely on a yes or no answer. I can just say, you know what? Tennessee sounds nice. It's only five hours away. I can finish my job and go away for the weekend. You right. know, so. Right yeah yeah so let's
0: talk a little bit about Tennessee so um yeah there is a women's trapping camp so for those that don't know um Megan was pretty much our spokesperson for the she side which was um a women's workshop at the NTA and um which is the National Trappers Association Convention um and that's kind of how Megan and I really first connected was we i put a notice out there on facebook and i asked all right is there anybody who's willing to help with this and i'm not kidding she came out of the woodwork i never really connected with her apparently she had been following me but we hadn't really connected before and she came out and like honestly she was our superstar i don't know if it would have been the success that it was and now i have the privilege of working with her on different women's events through women of the wild And outside of it. So this January, we're going to be in Tennessee. There's a women's weekend. It's a trapping women's weekend. We're going to come down. It's Friday and Saturday and then kind of Sunday if you want. Um, But so Megan's going to run the whole water part of it. And I'm super excited about that. We have um, I'm going to be working with a woman um, and we're going to do the land. Megan is going to take care of the the water part. And then um, we also have a woman who is going to kind of come in and talk about skinning and what you can do with the fur and everything like that. So but I do want to talk to Megan a little bit about so this isn't the first this isn't the first class that she's done with me The We did a women of the wild and she's kind of taken over the, the water part whenever we did the women of the wild class. And what kind of sparks you, Megan, in being a part of these classes? Why? Why do you want to pass that knowledge on? What I mean, you volunteer. You are literally oh, yeah. every time I ever put anything out, Megan's like, "Oh, me me.
1: So- me, 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 me. yeah, no." So, okay, it it kind of falls back into growing up in the wild and doing outdoor things and always feeling I don't like to say less of or less than but sometimes it came across that way so even in archery competitions you know not so much my 4-H leaders but you know you're in a at a show a shoot and you know you're you're the only girl on the team and you you automatically feel just that little bit of left out you know and Growing up throughout, whether it was trapping, archery, hunting, um, fishing, that is not my forte, I'm not a fisherman, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anything really outdoorsy, it it really didn't start taking off until I would say about 10 years ago where more women were becoming um, more active in the outdoor world, mm-hmm. you know, you all... Growing up, I always had um, Lee and Tiffany, you know, on the outdoor channel. Oh, where yeah. Likoski. Yeah. And you watch Tiffany shoot these giant white tail and you're like, I'm going to be that girl one day, you know. And I'm kind of living that dream right now. Um, but at the same time, uh, once you put that PSA out about the She-Side and I was like, you know what? It's in Lima, Ohio. I drive right past that. It's two hours from my house. I was like, I want to be a part of that. I want to, I want to be a part of getting more women, not only just women, but children, um, boys and girls, uh, into trapping, into the outdoors, showing them, educating them, passing wisdom down that I've learned along the ways. Because even me growing up, let it was, I would say, late nineties, early two thousands. Not many people are going to still give you the information on how to set a certain trap or how to do a certain thing in the woods. And God forbid, I wanted to hang a tree stand and I needed somebody stronger than me to do it. And then I had to work on their time. So, you know, being able to educate women that you can actually do this stuff on your own and there's techniques and ways of doing it on your own that you really don't need to go out and ask for help unless you're uncertain or, you know, women tend to flock towards women for information and education because we're a little bit more gentle and we actually listen. I'm not saying anything bad about our male (laughs) counterparts because I've worked alongside plenty of men. I've always worked outside and done man jobs and that kind of thing. But women just seem to be a little bit more gentle on how we are able to teach. So the she side really just sparked that up. And then I saw your trapping class with women of the wild. And I I think I messaged you first and I said, Linda, do you need help with that? Like, I'm more than happy to help with that. And then sparked into um, applying for the ambassador position for women of the wild and taking it off from there. And I think it's just going to do bigger and better things, not just for myself, because that's not what it's about. I'm about getting more education like Tennessee. I'm pumped for Yeah. to have that many girls there for a whole weekend or committing their time to us and being able to share our information. I just I am extremely excited for that one. And then Ohio in the fall. That's going to be awesome, too.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, and there's a lot of other um events with Women of the Wild that oh, you yeah. are going on. And um I'm sure in the in the future will probably be the PR and running the whole thing. Cause I'm gonna tell you guys, like seriously, when you hang out with Megan, it is,
1: it is <laughs> a good time. <laughs> we have a good time, right? We do, we have a good time. <laughs> you
0: did a lot of fun, a lot of information coming. Um, but I did want to I did want to step on something that you said about living the dream of like a Tiffany Lekoski thing. So um, for those that haven't seen, or maybe you have, and you thought, oh, that name, Megan Lockwood, that sounds really familiar. You might have seen an article about her in the, what is it? North American Whitetail, right? Yeah. Magazine. So Let's talk a little bit about that article
1: because uh, <laughs> that's kind of impressive. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. It's very surreal. Um, I, what, 21, season of 21, a bow season here in Ohio. I was able to arrow a 170 plus inch buck, white tail buck, at 13 yards and he only ran 30 and I had chased this deer the season prior in 2020 and I had my heart set on that deer like people knew he was off limits but if they (laughs) saw him and they shot him like I wouldn't have been too mad but yeah you would (laughs) have I would be like hmm okay you know but I was able to harvest him last year we call him the Megan buck he is um a ten point complete typical. He's in like the point it's point zero one percentile for typical whitetail. And um yeah. How so th- they wrote an art or I wrote the article and submitted it per request of North American Whitetail. They reached out to me and they wanted the article, so I wrote it and submitted it.
0: Now how long you held a record? In Ohio,
1: with <laughs> deer right? For two weeks. Oh. For two weeks. <laughs> That's rough, Man. Yeah, yeah. So I was the number one female archery buck um, with a long bow. So there's crossbows, there's long bows, and I shoot a compound. Um, and I held it for two weeks, and then another girl she comes in and smokes a 190 plus buck with her compound oh. and I was just like I was hoping no offense Nicole I love her to death but I was like I was hoping you shot it with a crossbow <laughs> <laughs> just that title, a little bit longer but no so that just means I have to light a fire under my own butt and pass up these smaller bucks and hopefully grow one big enough to where I can beat that out. Cause that's the end goal. I don't care if I ever do, but you always want something bigger and better. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think and that's important. Like in anything that you're doing, you know, you have right. that goal and once you hit it and you achieve it, it's great to celebrate, but at the same right. time, what it keeps you moving forward to, you know, well, all right, well, what's next? What's next? A hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, we're, I'm not a trophy hunter by any means. Like that deer, he was put in the freezer. We ate him. Um, But at the same time, I do harvest enough does and fill my doe tags to be able to wait out on something a lot bigger than an average deer. So that's what I do. And that's, it's hard work, but. I've, I've definitely gone in plenty of seasons. I think before I shot that deer last year, it ended like a seven year dry spell of no bugs. Oh yeah. And the one year I shot and missed three decent deer, like ah. three decent bucks the year prior. So I was just like, I was just getting fed up <laughs> and then this one happened and it was like, Oh yes. Perfect. Yeah. 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 But, so now
0: you primarily archery hunt, or do you only archery hunt?
1: Um, so I only whitetail archery hunt. Okay. Um, like here in Ohio, that's all I do is just bow hunt. And the last two seasons, I've had my tags filled for a buck before gun season's even a thought. So, uh, I'm not against it, but I grew up bow hunting, uh, the, I've never killed a white tail with a gun. Honestly, I can honestly say that. And, um, but we hunt all over the place. We hunt out in Idaho, Colorado, Montana. We've been Wyoming. I killed a pronghorn in 2018 and that was with my rifle. Um, but I bow hunt elk, so it kind of gives and takes like I shot Mm -hmm. my bear, my bear with a rifle, you know, so but that's all long range stuff up in the mountains, where I rather, yeah, like this year, I shot my buck on the ground at eight yards with no, no blind, no tree stand, just sitting on a bucket. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm trying to like up my, uh, my way of hunting. I'm gonna try Doc one this upcoming year next year so oh wow
0: so so since you're hunting since you're hunting all over the place um how do you go about i mean now now we have the events obviously with women of the wild so if anybody ever wanted to jump on them they could but yeah how have you how have you managed to do this um are you going with guides? Are you networking with people who are like, Hey, I got some land. Um, how are, how are you getting to all of
1: these different places? So we actually hunt public land. So oh, okay. nat- national forest, um, when we archery hunt elk in Colorado, we do over the counter tag and it's usually national forest and I would say Jonathan and I are pretty skilled hunters. Um, I killed a bull in 2011. And then I hadn't been back out until I met Jonathan. And we went out in 18. And then I hung my bow up. He's been chasing an elk for a decade. And he finally shot his first bull this year. So um, this year we actually both bought tags. And... We were always, after he shot his, we were always behind the herds, you know, I could never get close enough to actually make a shot, but I killed one last year. And then Wyoming pronghorn, that was the draw tag. And then we use public land out there. So we haven't really done any guide service work, you know, like not work, but we haven't really gone on any hunts. We pretty much map it out on Onyx get a game plan, prep out and hit the mountains and backpack in and stay in there for as long as it takes. Some days we come home empty handed. It's just hunting. Yeah. So, so here,
0: can you give advice for anybody who, who's listening? You know, they, they can't afford a guide or anything, but obviously, you know, public land, that seems like a cheaper way to go. Um, any advice for anybody who might be interested in in doing that what are some things that they need to really pay attention to and and really kind of so, have before you know they they get into something like that
1: so like when, okay for instance last year I shot my elk in unit 80 out in Colorado archery elk um and then in 2022 that unit went to draw so We put in for that unit, we didn't draw, and we had been hunting there four years prior. So we knew the lay of the land, where the elk tend to be. We pretty much had it patterned out where Mm -hmm. we could pick where the elk would be. Now it went to draw, so we had to pick somewhere new. And it was between two different units, 26, which is Steamboat Springs, Colorado area, or, um, oh, it's 60 unit 60 or 62 65 it's over in montrose area um and so we looked up on onyx we studied the lay of the land we there's different map systems within that actual app itself and you can um turn them on and it shows like the winter migration units or patterns the summer migration patterns and you kind of follow like what public roads are in that way, how easily accessible. You really got to learn how to read a map in topography. You know, you got to read those elevation changes Mm -hmm. because I would hate for you to get out there. And, you know, it looks like it's real um, easy hike on the map. And then you get out there and it's straight up and down. So really learning how to read the topography. There's some great YouTube videos out there for that. Um, that kind of walk you through to show you the distance between the lines and um how far it actually is, how steep it's going to be on that map or when you physically get there. And then you want to I personally reached out to a couple of the local ranger offices out there um, yeah. for the different wildlife areas and kind of talked to them beforehand about elk population, predator population, you don't want to go somewhere where there's going to be a high wolf population because everybody knows they eat a lot of elk. They eat a lot of deer. So if you have a high presence of uh, wolves, you're not going to have a high presence of elk. They're going to be on private land where they're easily controlled. Um, So you kind of, you just have to really do your research. There's great forums out there. Uh, online, hell, you can, you can PM me on Facebook or whatever, and I'll give you as much information as I have. I'm a, I'm a pretty open book because I like to see people be successful. So if I can give them just a tidbit of information, then that's what I'm going to do. Like I cow call a lot for elk. And when I have a cow back, I'll match her calls so that she thinks, you know, It's just a game of talking back and forth. And usually they'll come in and at that point in time in the year, they have a bowl with them. So I've had lots of opportunities, just missed opportunities, I guess.
0: And now a short word from our sponsors.
1: Share your love of the outdoors with your little ones through the exciting adventures in Dr. Josh Farr's children's books. As an avid sportsman, Dr. Josh Farr has taken his passion for the outdoors and uses his vivid storytelling to teach valuable lessons and appreciation of the world. Learn the alphabet through the ABCs of hunting. Find joy in exploring the outdoors with Let's Go Out and Play and more. You and your child will love learning about nature with Dr. Josh Farr. See all of his books now at drjoshfarr.com. That's D R J O S. -S 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 hfarr.com.
0: girls with guns clothing is a proud sponsor of women of the wilds podcast if you're looking for hunting gear be sure to check out our new fall collection including the launch of our new artemis generation 2 lineup with girls with guns you know that our gear has been designed and field tested by women who actually hunt and wear this gear We have an amazing team of women who contribute and share their ideas and extensive field testing so that our gear works for you in multiple hunting environments. We build our gear for women of all shapes and sizes, made by women for women. If you want to try out GWG, you can go to GWGclothing.com and use Wild 15 for a discount off of your first order. Well, you see... Trappers are a special breed of people. We're dedicated, committed, and passionate about what we do and who we are. Each and every one of us has an intense desire to be the very best we can. So in a world of skinny jeans, man buns, and pumpkin spice lattes, sometimes you just have to stop, push back, and tell the world, that's not me. Whether you're from the far north, or in the deep south, and anywhere in between, Southern Snares can help you succeed at getting the job done and being who you are. Hey everyone, Andy from ACC Crappie Sticks. I want to tell you about our full line of vertical jigging and live scoping crappie rods. We have from 10 foot to 13 foot in mid seat to rear seat and available in cork and super grip handles to cover all of your vertical fishing and live scoping needs. Go to acccrappiesticks.com. Thank you. We would also like you to check out Sawmill Creek, Bait and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Epler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, shangalia Safaris, Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service, and Hunting Day Podcast. So, so what are some of these hunts that you have coming up? What are some things that you're on your bucket list that you'd like to do
1: and, and maybe are already have plans to do? Yeah. So, um, last year I went on a Brant hunt for Brant geese, which is a North Atlantic bird. Um, and we're going on that hunt here come January 9th and we'll be there for a couple of days up in New York. Yeah. So like Long Island area. So that hunt's coming up. And then in March, I'm doing the Women of the Wild Awdad hunt, where we're going to hunt after some Awdad ewes and some real wild turkeys and the possibility of either two javelina or two hogs. So I'm super pumped about that. I've never hunted in Texas. And it's backcountry hunting, which I absolutely love. I love being back there and not coming out for anything until the end of the hunt and then um hopefully i do the women of the wild florida hunt like i want to do that one really bad that one's in june yeah pythons iguanas yep alligator and alligator yeah there's something else too i'm pretty sure but i don't remember
0: yeah, but. I um I'm hoping I'm gonna be on that one. We've been trying to set it up that I will be the PR on that. But we've got so many different um trapping conventions and everything else <laughs> that I'm like, how am I gonna do
1: this? <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh man, I know. Yeah. I'm just kinda like because Jonathan, he's a turkey hunting machine. And he goes all over the place, all spring long, Florida, South Carolina, Nebraska. He's he's just everywhere. So I'm like, okay, you get to go do the, that stuff. And I'll get to go to Texas and hopefully Florida. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trade-offs. Great, right. That's awesome.
0: That's so much fun. So if you were going to pick any animal and any hunt, what would it be? Where would you go? What, Easy. What's the bucket list? <laughs>
1: Easy. Easy. I would choose Alaska and I would go after caribou with my bow. Like really? That, that is a dream. I've dreamt of that as a little girl watching the outdoor channel where they're hiding behind the rock and the migration comes through. And here comes the bull caribou and they just shoot it. I think it's a bull. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> so how long, how long has that been on your, like since you were a little girl, you wanted to do that? A hundred percent. It's been, I, I would say probably 20 years. Of, wow. Of wanting to do that hunt right there. And Jonathan. Okay. So we're getting married and he was like, we could go on a hunt for our wedding. I was like, yeah, we could do that. Like I'm game for that. And then I was like, We should just do a hunt for, um, your honeymoon, honeymoon. Yeah. And he was like, okay, would you want to do Alaskan moose, caribou, brown bear? I was like, well, yeah, all of them, them. (laughs) (laughs) but we need to make a little bit more money before we go out (laughs) and do all that. (laughs) So. So, so
0: I was in Alaska in March. I was there for a women's summit. Um, and I will have to tell you, so if you end up going, I don't know where you would go hunting, but um, fly into Anchorage and drive wherever you're going. Yeah. The So we, I flew into Anchorage and we drove to Fairbanks and it literally took all day to drive there. But Great. it was probably the highlight of my trip. And I got to ride in a plane with Marty from Mountain Men. So <laughs> oh, and that I'm was still probably the highlight. It was the most... <laughs> beautiful thing and so like honestly I didn't realize that you could take so many pictures of mountains but I took like 143 pictures of just mountains (laughs) on
1: this drive
0: yeah Oh. oh so I hope one day you get to go I hope that 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 is you know what you guys end up doing for your uh for your honeymoon but seriously like fly into that that very tip and drive anywhere because yeah it is just gorgeous I mean it is absolutely gorgeous
1: you know me I like to drive so I like to see everything I possibly can yeah yeah
0: and whenever you book this trip and you think okay a week is enough make sure you book more days because it's not enough
1: (laughs) I remember all of that wasn't it like flight delay flight delay flight delay for you (laughs) yeah I oh my gosh it was
0: it was awful so we We had three days that was really kind of um, honed into the Women's Summit, you know, like that was what we were doing. Um, And then so we were like, okay, it'll be a week, you know, we'll have two days before and two days after and, you know, it'll be fine. Well, our plane got delayed the first time when we were coming in, and so we ended up flying into minnesota where my sister lives thank god um and stayed there throughout the night we were supposed to be in anchorage like the next morning or well that night we ended up not getting to anchorage until like the night the next day um and then when we got there our hotel had a water leak so they shipped us to a different hotel which i'm gonna tell you was definitely the highlight right there because the hotel that they shipped us to was way out of our price range. <laughs> I was like, all right, we're well, like, Chi-chi-chi. That's what you gotta do. I mean, we'll take it right. for the team. I'll it's take fine. it. Yeah. I'll take yeah. It. Well, it was funny because we went down to the bar that night and I, um, I'm i going through the, the menu and I'm like, I think this is how much our room cost at the other place, like for the meal. <laughs> I was like, oh no yeah no, it was it. it was a mess and then like even coming home we still had like delays and everything else so yeah so but honestly like we didn't get to do the things that we wanted to do because we got delayed from, Right, you know yeah. so we spent a lot of time with the women's summit which was which was totally fine I mean that's yeah. that's yeah. why we were there anyways yeah but I'm gonna tell you like it is gorgeous absolutely yeah. gorgeous there um michael while we were there was like looking at land like we were going to buy land or something like <laughs>
1: dude i'm down <laughs> isn't it cheaper there though it is it is it is, is. It is. i'm not going to lie yeah
0: <laughs> um it's definitely cheaper but i will tell you so we went in march and the way of life out there like yeah and we were coming at the end of their winter so i mean things were much different But I mean, like we we went past this one. I don't know if you want to call it a village. I really wouldn't call it a village. There was like six homes on the side of the road. And there was a semi that was parked behind this one house. And I'm like, okay, what? Why is there? You know, that seemed kind of odd to me. So what they do is they have this semi and they take this semi and buy all their food and their toilet paper and everything for those six homes before winter and they don't leave after that and I'm
1: like oh <laughs> no oh okay it's a simpler way of life yeah you know I yes. feel I feel like that when we go out to Colorado and like in the mountains you know we going up to the top of the mountain wherever we're gonna hunt then we'll is it hour or two hours down the mountain to get to town so we just load everything up that we can possibly think that we're going to need and take it up there. And then we get up there and we're like, God, dang it. We forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, so, that is one thing with all of like your destination hunts and stuff, I yeah. think is that a lot of people don't realize how much they don't need of certain things and how much they do need of others, oh, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And and I mean you've got to take into consideration a lot of that you're carrying on your back. So you've got right. to definitely be
1: selective. Right, right. That's like when we were talking about camo and what camo to wear and I was like, well, I do a different style of hunting, so I wear this ultra light camo and it has to be layered where you guys are like, "Oh, I'd rather have the bibs." And I'm oh, like, "Oh, yeah. Yeah, those would drive me crazy." But I can see them, you know. It's a different style of hunting. Yeah.
0: Well, Um. so we were talking to Jen from Girls for Guns. She was on the podcast and she was talking about how like, so Jen's out in California and yeah. a lot of the things that she does is the same thing. You know, it's layered because yeah. she could leave in the morning and it'd be, you know, 30, 40 degrees. But by the yeah. afternoon, you know, she's looking at 80, 90 degrees Yeah. there in New York. I'm looking at 35 in the morning and maybe 32 <laughs> in the
1: afternoon. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. We're going the the, the temperature is going down and you're like, how's that even possible? <laughs> right. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. And well, it was funny because when her and I were talking about like uh, different camo and and different layers and everything else like that, she, um, she has a summit line. Yeah, And that's a thicker, you know, a thicker line and everything. And she said, she goes, you know, that was developed because she went, I think it was Kansas hunting. And she's like, I never experienced this before. I never, I never realized. She's like the, the girl that she was with said, oh, you're going to get cold. And she's like, I'm always hot. I'll be fine. Right. Right. I was freezing. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) you know people talk all the time about you know oh what's the great the best camo what's this what's that you know and I and I truly don't think that you're ever gonna find the perfect Mm -mm. camo because it always depends on what you're hunting for what you're doing where you're located at you know those things are such big factors that
1: oh a hundred percent a hundred percent and I'm just glad like there are women led lines now you know like girl girls with guns you know because they know how our bodies are shaped, they know where we need the extra fabric in the arms, or you know, they just know because we're shaped the same, we're right. women, and that's one of the biggest struggles. Seriously, I actually like my mountain backpack that I take on all my hunts. I had messaged the company, it's Exo Mountain Gear. And I messaged them a couple of years ago. So like, do you have a pack frame that'll fit a, wo- a woman's frame? And they were like, no, but we are working on this for women. And they're like, we have um, a promotional one right now. Do you want to be in the field study? I was like, I yes, do. yes, I do. So I, I bought it from them and then um, I used it. And that's when I harvested my elk and my bear and, put her to the test. And it was amazing. And going from the same exact bag, the same exact company in yeah. Jonathan's bag to just that smaller, little bit lighter frame that was made for a woman. Oh my God. Hands down. My underwear weren't even falling down. That was a win for me. <laughs> Cause I swear to God, you have a men's pack on and it rides lower on your hips and it just works those right down <laughs> that's great. That's what we need to come up with a woman's outdoor line of underwear there you
0: go. they don't fall down whenever you're carrying your yeah brush.
1: it might need sticker like sticky grips or velcro <laughs> or something but
0: I'll uh, I'll have to bring that up to Felicia next time that she's uh we're talking about you know sponsorship things and yeah, everything yeah. I'll be like no, we're not doing calendars and cookbooks
1: this year. We're doing underwear. <laughs> <laughs> deal. Deal. Hey, I, I'll i take the credit for that one. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. That's too funny.
1: So um, I normally try to keep
0: these about an hour. Um, yeah. And we're coming up on that hour here. Okay. But, so anything that you want to to tell women that maybe are starting out hunting that are trying to get into stuff. Um, you know, maybe even women who they want to volunteer their time for something, but just get a little nervous. And I mean, you've been to all those different points in your life. Yeah. You know, what, what kind of advice would you give to, to women in the
1: outdoors right now? Right. So I'm a real red personality. Like I'm in your face. I'm gung ho to help be, I'm a leader. I'm, I'm a leader. So I have this gumption. I'm just ready to go. I'm ready to help somebody. So if you feel nervous and you're more introverted, you know, partner up with that person who has just a little bit more, like, I don't want to say go, but, you know, has a little bit more of the nerve to go. And if you partner up with that person Usually, leaders are good listeners and they listen to everybody's ideas and they find your tribe. Find it can just be a simple message like women of the wild. I didn't know Felicia, I didn't know Cassidy, I knew you. Um, But a lot of the other women who are the leaders, not really leaders, but the head girls, I didn't know. And then I got involved with it and I started talking to them. And that's the biggest thing is, sometimes women in the outdoors we kind of fall to this wayside and it shouldn't be like that it's really finding your tribe and um in this last trapping adventure you know we became closer friends and it was just hanging out so joining those duck hunts the goose hunts um the sandhill crane hunt that they have coming up the snow geese hunts the fishing trips like if you're able to just take your time and go on one of those, you're going to find somebody that you're going to click with who might be a little bit more experienced than you are, who is going to help you along the way. Because us women who are already established in the outdoor world, we want to see more women succeed doing the things that we love doing, that we're passionate about. And we want to show you that passion and have your own passion grow and give you the confidence that you can actually do it yourself. You don't need to rely on anybody else to take you out to do it, that you can put your camera on and strap your boots on and grab your gun and go out and do, do it yourself. Because sometimes I just feel like there's that stereotype that women just can't do it. And it's totally wrong. And I think we are pushing forward and we're changing that, that whole idea.
0: Oh yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. I fully agree with that. And like, um, women of the wild events, they should probably put out there for you. We encourage those that are brand new, uh, um, yeah. to think, you know, there, there are some hunts that we have that, you know, we'll post and say, you know, you need to be a little more of an experienced hunter for mm-hmm. it. Um you know, just because of terrain and whatnot. But for the majority of our events, um, we we really welcome those who are brand new to everything because we want to encourage you to get out there. We want to um, you know, help you find your tribe, help you find those people that you're you're looking for that can help you further on in in whether it's fishing, hunting, you know, any of that stuff. So um I think that's that's great that you know, you're pushing that too, that we need to get these classes, you know, get, get out there, sign up for them. Don't be scared. Um, yeah. you know, I think that's, I think that's the big thing. And, and the other thing is, is like you said, you know, other women want to see other women out there, you know, yeah. the, the hunting gear, like you said, you know, it's, it's now made for women. Well, they only make those things if they're going to sell those things. So yeah. we need more win- we need more women out there buying yeah. hunting gear 100%. and all that. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, I think that that's a big thing, you know. Um, and like you said, you know, team up with somebody, message yeah. someone. You know, don't be scared to reach out to anybody. You know, even right. like I-, I guarantee you, you reach out to Megan and Megan's gonna be like, oh. "All right, what are we
1: doing?" <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, new best friend. Come on, I'll show you. You <laughs> so, know, I'll teach you what I know." <laughs> Yeah. And and, you know, and the
0: other thing is is, ladies, if you kind of have a skill, say you're you're big into the fishing, but you don't know anything about a you know, about hunting or anything like that, team up with somebody who maybe is big in fish or in hunting and not so much, you know, share those skills. You know, reach out to those people and kind of hand off, you know, hey, I'll teach you about this if you teach me about that. You know, I've done that to Megan. I'm like All right, right. I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about fox
1: trapping. If you talk yeah. to me a little bit about bow hunting, <laughs> oh yeah, that this is my go to. I'm like Linda, I can't catch this dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sometimes it's frustrating. I'm doing really good this year. You are in You're the last. Awesome.
0: Yeah, no. your your traps are bedded solid, and you've got that. Yeah.
1: That stuff going so i every, like it every time i'm like cha-ching even though there's no money involved here but <laughs> right like, yes! yes yes
0: so all right well we're gonna we're gonna end it there unless you have anything you'd like to no. add or say anything nope? no i'm good all yeah. right well we thank you for joining me um and and your time and i honestly want to say Thank you for all that you're doing within Women of the Wild, the time that you're volunteering, the hunts that you're willing to PR and even go on. And, you know, women like you are what we need out there. Somebody who is down to earth, willing to give their time, willing to help, willing to listen and show others what, you know, what's going on? I'm sorry. I don't mean to make you cry there, but no, but honestly, Megan, you know, we need more of that. And, and for those that are listening, um, Megan's on Facebook, she's on Instagram. Um, you know, she gave you a shout out for her business and, and I guarantee you, you message her or hook up in some way. She's going to help you. Absolutely. And that, that really goes for any of the women of women of the wild. Um, I think we have a great team and, oh, yeah. and a very diverse team too. You know, we all have our own little special skill sets. So,
1: I mean, right. you can't go wrong. I think the best thing about Women of the Wild and all the ambassadors and board members is just we're women who are mothers, wives. We run businesses. We're everyday women. We're not just sitting behind a computer desk or going on all these elaborate hunts all the time. We have our own daily lives that we partake in and then we can get together and pick up the pieces and, you know, help each other out to make it a successful, um, you know, group, group of women. It just, it's amazing to me, you know, and it's, it's hard to find these days and it's cool to find one. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's nice
0: to be able to pair up with people who it's, it's not about drama it's not about tearing people yeah. down it's about building other women up finding yeah. your finding your skill set your tribe and right. and you know what and celebrating those ladies who you know if you ever if you I don't know if you've ever seen any clips from Cassie but she's got on a couple of sturgeon um trips and and Cassie's really big into the fishing and I'm not kidding it on our opening here in the podcast you'll hear her screaming um and and the funny thing is is she's screaming about this fish that they're bringing on and it's not even her fish like (laughs) the video you gotta one day like you guys gotta see this video it she's she is so overly excited for this woman this was her first surgeon that she pulled up right like honestly i think cassie's more excited than the lady is
1: (laughs) oh my gosh it's it's awesome That's what it's about though is like teaching and educating and sharing your passion to where like I've been with people who shoot deer and I'm more pumped that they experienced what I love than to ever be the one to pull the trigger or you know let an arrow fly. It is right. just the best thing ever. And that's why women on the wild's great. I agree. <laughs> I second that. <laughs>
0: All right, it's well, we're going yeah, to <laughs> sign off. Thank you all for listening. Um, we have our calendars and our cookbooks that are up on the website. We have some brand new events that are out there. And we actually have some that Felicia is is working on putting up here soon, too. So there's some really cool things that are coming up. Um, Megan's going to be on some of those trips. Yes. So if you ever uh, want to meet Megan, make sure you sign up for some of those yes. events.
1: It'll and- be fine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, thank you all for listening and we'll see you in two weeks. And that concludes this episode of Women of the Wild podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any questions or would like to check out our website, it is www.womenofthewild.net. We post different events and everything that we've got going on. We would really like to also thank our sponsors ACC Crappie Sticks, Girls with Guns, Southern Snare, Sawmill Creek Bates and Lures, RMC Custom Calls, Atlantic Coral Enterprise, Blast and Cast Guide Service, Eppler Fur, Feather Moon Calls, Shangalaya Safari, Dr. Josh Farr Children's Books, and Shelly Emmer with Dirty Girl Guide Service. Thank you all and hope that you tune in in two weeks for our next episode.